calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Hello and welcome to this episode of Take 15. I'm Lauren Foster, a Content Director at CFA Institute, and I'm delighted to have Sally Krawcheck joining me today. Sally is the founder and CEO of Elevest, a digital investment platform for women, and the owner and chair of Elevate Network. She's also a Wall Street veteran who's been described as the most powerful woman on Wall Street. And she has a forthcoming book, Own It, the power of women at work. So here in the United States, uh, we're facing a retirement savings crisis. And I've heard you say that if you actually dig through the numbers, it is in large part a woman's yeah. crisis. Why is that? Right. Well, first of all, I'll acknowledge this feels uncomfortable to call it a woman's crisis, to call anything a crisis of one gender or another. And you typically say, what about that old guy? What about that old dude? That's his crisis mm -hmm. too. But if you look at the numbers, Women, we women tend to live five years, depending on the research, six, eight years longer than men do. We also uh, retire with two-thirds the money of men. Right. And that's because of the gender pay gap. Yeah. That's because we tend to take more time out from work than men do during yeah. the course of our business lives. And it's also because we have something that I'm working on and particularly interested, a gender investing gap. So go through any nursing home in this country and it's 80% plus females and the important part about this is not just to look at it and say, okay, it's, it affects women more than men, but the really important part is it can change some of the potential solutions. Mm -hmm. Today, we tend to revert to, ah, oh, that retirement savings crisis. All right, it's tax increases, entitlement cuts. You know what? That is so awful to think about and so e economy depressing. Right. Let's put off solutions. But if you think about it from this gender lens, then actually mm -hmm. the solutions become closing the gender pay gap, which closes the retirement savings gap by a third. Right. Oh, my gosh, and grows the economy, okay. right? Mandated parental leaves to keep women in the workforce, which actually new research says saves company money in the first year mm -hmm. because they don't have to replace right. the woman. And closing the gender investing gap, again, also um, market-enhancing, growth-inducing, all good stuff. Right. So here's something else that you wrote recently. Right. Um, you said there's a lot of career advice for women these days, but one of the most important pieces of career advice isn't being shared. Right. It isn't really being talked about, and that's to invest the money you earn in a diversified portfolio, some amount from every paycheck, yeah. like clockwork. So there are a lot of uh, myths about so women and men in investing. Mm. Um, is it true that women are more reluctant than men to invest? Well, it's an interesting choice of words, more reluctant, I don't know. Mm -hmm. We do know that women are less likely to invest, that women don't invest as much as men do. Is it a reluctance? Yeah. Is it we're too risk averse? Mm -hmm. Is it we're not good at math? Right. Is it we're not good investors? Right. Is it we need more financial education? I'm now gagging. 
because those are the myths that we hear about women and investing, yeah. that somehow the reason we don't invest, it's our fault. Yeah. You know, maybe it's that our, our uh, pretty little brains aren't, can't grasp math enough, or the fact that we have a uterus somehow is <laughs> a problem. But we hear all of this, but yeah. the truth is women don't invest to the same extent men do, and it can cost some women yeah tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars yeah. over the course of their lives. And, and I'll ask you in terms of my sort of positioning of the best career advice women aren't getting, yeah. do you feel better leaving a job, starting your own business, asking for a promotion, um, asking for a new assignment, putting yourself really out there if you've got more money in the bank or less money in the bank? Yeah. Do you feel better leaving a tough relationship if you have yeah. more money or less money? Yeah. And so the fact that we women tend to husband more of our money in a bank, earning almost nothing, yeah. gives us fewer degrees of freedom. Right. I would agree on that. So given that you believe that there is this uh, gender investing gap, mm -hmm. um, what are the three most important facts every woman needs to know about investing? Do it. <laughs> okay. Got it. One. <laughs> I would say for every woman, every person who has paid off their high interest debt, it's time to start investing mm -hmm. some portion of your salary on an ongoing basis. Right. If, if you can't, you know, the experts say 20% um, through good times and bad should be put aside for mm -hmm. retirement, mm -hmm. for weathering ups and downs. Okay, fine. You can't do 20%. Yeah. 10. 5 one, mm -hmm. some amount like clockwork, not mm -hmm. all at once, but over time. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you're buying high, sometimes you're buying low, doing it, putting in right. a diversified investment portfolio and just letting it be mm -hmm. is the best advice I can give. Okay. Or, of course, come to Alvest. <laughs> it's really, really the best. That's actually the very best advice I can give. So the research tells us that women report that networking is the number one unwritten rule of success in business. So tell us about Elevate and what you're trying to do with that network. So I'm involved in a handful of businesses and really the thing that brings them together is the fact that they're all really focused on closing these gender money gaps. We've talked yeah. about the gender investing gap, but there's a gender pay gap we all know about. There's a gender achievement gap at work that we know about. And so some years ago when I stepped back and said, what, what can I do about this? Yeah. Uh, and I'm queen of the world. Um, but what impact can I have? It was Elevate Network right. and to become part of that, become chair of that, um, such that we provide a means to bring women together mm -hmm. um, so that they can network. Now, oh, what, you know, oh my gosh, what does this mean? I gotta go, I gotta go play golf, I gotta drink beer, I have to schmooze, I have to laugh, I'm not in the mood. You know, okay, we get together, we drink a lot of wine. That is our beverage of choice. It's, it's almost really our, you know, underlying core value. But besides, <laughs> but besides that, it's to give these women a means to come together both online and in person. And great stuff naturally happens. Um, in fact, I, uh, we're sitting here today, I'm about to, to announce an investment, a funding round in Elevest, and a handful of the people involved in that are actually Elevate Network members. Uh, okay. And so these women come together. They fund, sometimes they fund each other's businesses. Yeah. Sometimes they say things as simple as there's a board position mm -hmm. you should be looking at. Or there's a startup that I think is going to mm -hmm. threaten your business. Or there's a young person looking for a job. Mm -hmm. Or there's a piece of research I read about. 
all these little yeah. bits. And so you mentioned earlier, networking's been called the number one unwritten rule of yeah. success in business. The thing I would add to that is that our next business opportunity mm -hmm. is more likely to come from a loose connection than from a close connection. Mm -hmm. That if you and I are best buds and we mm -hmm. sit next to each other at work, we know the same things. Yes. It's really that yeah. person who's not yeah. my friend. Right. I don't have them over for Thanksgiving dinner. They might not even know the name of my cat. Mm -hmm. Almost everybody who I know knows the name of my cat. But, but besides that, and it's the person who's got a different circle than I do and who says, you know what, Sally? Mm -hmm. I know you're looking for a CMO. Yeah. I've, I've got someone yeah. who I just won't know. So you're doing much more than just helping women network. Um, you're in the business of helping women be smarter about their money. So tell us about Elevest. Elevest. I am so consumed by this these days um, and so engaged in it mm -hmm. because when I began to, after all my years in the business, for goodness sake, really began to recognize that the industry is not working well for yeah. women. And as a result, we have, as we were discussing before, the gender investing gap. Mm -hmm. um, I had these views on what women needed to do in order to invest, and it was all about them working harder, mm -hmm. right? It was all about they needed more financial education. By the right. way, if that didn't work, having been part of any number of women's initiatives in the financial services industry over the years, maybe they needed to explore their emotions, right? <laughs> actually started this business with a view of we just had to get through our emotions. I'm so embarrassed to admit this because we all have these gender biases. And But really where I started, that was a hypothesis. Where we really started is rather than do what the industry has done for years, which is here we are, yeah. and now we're going to market to you. Mm -hmm. And really the problem we're trying to solve is marketing to you. Mm -hmm. Instead, we said, wait a second, why don't we, instead of pose the question that way or the problem that way, how can we better serve you? Mm, yeah. And so what is it that would help you invest? And very quickly she told us, because we did hundreds of hours of research yeah. with women, very quickly she told us um, that it's not about her emotions. That mm -hmm. sure she has emotions around money, but give me a break, yeah. right? She also told us she really doesn't want to spend her time learning about alpha. Mm figuring out standard deviation. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know what a BIP is, and she doesn't want to know what a BIP is. Um, she's not really focused on choosing the large cap value mutual fund versus a small cap growth ETF. Mm -hmm. She's not really interested even, believe it or not, in beating the market. What? Because that has been the raison d'etre yes. of the industry for yes. so long. What she's interested in is figuring out what she wants to do in her life, mm -hmm. having us help her calculate how much those things will cost, mm -hmm. You can start a business in eight years. You can have a kid. It'll cost this much. You can retire if you deposit this much money over time. And put together, as we are, a highly customized investment portfolio, mm -hmm. highly customized to her, that will get her to these goals. Or better, yep. mm -hmm. we do it. Goals are better in 70% of markets. That's what our target is. And super important, mm -hmm. tell her if she's off track mm -hmm. and what she yep. needs to do to get back on track. This is very different from, I want more money, and I want to outperform the market. It's, mm -hmm. this is what I want to do in life, and can you help me get there? Right. Now, your whole industry, wealth management, I read that just 13% of the financial advisors um, are women. Right. CFA Institute, we have just 18% of our members are women. So clearly there's a problem here, yes. but there's also an opportunity. So how can we persuade more millennial women to consider uh, investment management as a field? Good luck. <laughs> Good luck, because the industry has a brand problem. 
Um, it's a huge opportunity. Uh, but if you think about, if you look at the research on women, and you look at the research on millennials, yep. uh, in their careers, in addition to having a fulfilling career, learning a lot, working with people they want to, making, you know, having good compensation, all the stuff that mm -hmm. we um, wanted in our careers, they want to make a difference. Yeah. They want to make a difference. And so when they look at our business historically and they say, what difference do they make? They say, oh, the financial crisis, they made that difference, right? right? As they think about the yeah. financial services industry overall. Yeah. And the shame of it is, is this industry can make a bigger difference in people's lives. Mm -hmm than any other, I think than any other. Yeah. We can help people live the lives they want to and somehow that brand positioning yeah. has been completely low well, again because of the financial crisis, a little hard to get through that. Right. But I think until the industry can do that, it can be seen as a welcoming place mm -hmm. for women. Um, and until frankly it gets a little bit of positive momentum around it. Right now, mm -hmm. for all the programs that are there, these numbers haven't moved. Yeah. These numbers haven't moved. They haven't yeah. moved. I've been in the business for a few years. Okay, 25 plus years. They haven't moved. And so when you have this inertia, this lack of momentum, women, young women don't even know about it as, nice. as, a as an option. option for them. Yeah. Because their friends aren't in it, because people they know aren't in it, and so it's the same folks bringing in the same folks, right. dealing with the same folks. So you have a forthcoming book, and luckily I have an uh, advanced copy which I can hold up and show I've used. Own it. Look at me on Coming a ladder. Out. Look at me um, on a ladder. So can you <laughs> was, give a... That, I was really on that ladder, and yeah. I was really in those shoes on that ladder. <laughs> yep, that really happened. So can you give our viewers just a preview of what yeah. you're going to be exploring in the book? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually getting more excited about the book. It was really hard to write. Um, I think I at one point had, you know, sort of, um, you know, cuts, not cuts, but um, what do you call it? Friction marks uh. on my arm. What do, you, what do you call it? Burns. Burns. Computer burns. I had computer burns on my arms. Um, but the book is, it is advice for women in business. But I do hope it's more, for that, more than that. Because what I'll tell you is that as I read so much of what's out there, uh, in, in terms of advice for women. It's very much about how to get ahead right. in business that exists today. Some great advice, but it assumes the four walls of business as it is today. And what I try to do in this book is actually put my analyst hat on as, a, as well as my storytelling hat and say, hold on a second, business is actually changing. Mm -hmm. And it's changing fast. And it's changing fast because of technology. Right. And so the um, drivers of success in the past likely are not the same drivers of success going forward. I mean, think about it. There's so much more information available. There's so much more transparency available. When I started out, you know, when I was running businesses, I was the only one who had the data. Everybody has mm -hmm. some amount of data today. Mm -hmm. And so the qualities to be successful, many of which women possess, are about seeing relationships, managing, looking at things holistically, mm -hmm. you know, great communication skills, mm -hmm. having a long-term perspective, a lot mm -hmm. of them. So that's sort of point number one, it's changing. But point number two is we can help accelerate these very positive changes, mm -hmm. both because of the qualities we bring, but also because we have a lot of power. Mm -hmm. We don't need to be empowered. Mm -hmm. We have power. We have financial power. Right. We have the transparency. We're able to start our own businesses. And so I really think we're on the cusp of something really important that's happening that's going to be great for women, mm -hmm. for their families, and for society. 
So zooming back out to the industry at large, yeah. um, what concerns you most about the lack of diversity in the workplace? Um, and why do you think this industry is so lagging behind other industries? Financial crisis. Financial crisis. So we have so many causes for the financial crisis, you know, and they tend to leverage absolutely and subprime this and this regulate, you know, this and da, 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 you know, all this very, um, you know, tactical things. I'll tell you what I saw uh, working with all in all individuals who were pretty much the same mm -hmm. groupthink. And that I worked with individuals, I've worked with some very diverse teams, I work with some non-diverse teams. But that when you bring together teams who um, have the same background, the same perspective, the same education, mm -hmm. we're in the same training programs, vacation together, mm -hmm. think the same way, work together for decades, yeah. you have what I call the false comfort of agreement. And I remember going into the crisis and everybody agreeing it wasn't going to be that bad, coming at it from the same perspective. Mm -hmm. And so my, I haven't looked at the numbers lately, quite frankly, because I've been a little busy, like writing the book and starting businesses. Um, but when I looked at them most recently, diversity in the financial services industry had actually gone backwards hmm. post the crisis, wow. post the crisis. And what I saw happen, it happened to me, the, the wagons get circled, not in a bad way, like, mm -hmm. oh, let's get rid of the people of color or let's get rid of the quirky people or let's mm -hmm. get rid of the women but more, ah, we're having a crisis. We really need people we can trust. How do you think that the investment firms can change culture or processes? How do you eliminate bias to make it more? I actually think the investment firms have got a leg up on this because you can quantify success. Mm -hmm. So my accidental um, first very successful job uh, was being an equity research analyst. And, and I went there because I thought, God, it really sounds great to write research and talk with smart people and not be on these big investment banking teams that I've been on yes. before. This sounds like a super great job. Do some models, write, talk with smart people, I'm good. What I stumbled on is that it was very clear whether I was any good as a research analyst or not. Mm -hmm. It was very clear. Yeah. Did you get the client votes? Did the stocks go up that were supposed to go up? Did they go down that supposed to go down? Mm -hmm. Were you making an impact? It mm -hmm. was clear. And mm -hmm. I, could, I didn't get caught up on the, you know, well, it was really Joe who did it, not me, because mm -hmm. there was no Joe. It mm -hmm. was me. And mm -hmm. so with the investment firms, I think the ability to quantify success mm -hmm over a reasonable period of time is an important one because yeah. that strips out bias immediately. Yes, I would agree. Last question. Um, what specific actions do you think that leaders of investment firms can do to help women actually thrive in the workplace? Promote them. Yes. I, was, I was on TV. I was on TV a handful of weeks ago and it was me and some, it was actually an investment um, professional and it was a male journalist. And I felt like I was in this sort of weird never, never land um, because the two of them began to talk about what good workers women were, but they just couldn't keep them, right? And how he'd had these junior women and just couldn't keep them. And, I, and he said, and what did I suggest? I'm like, promote them, <laughs> like, you know, promote them. Like you do any talented, successful person. Yes. But here's the, you know, so here's the deal. I would say if you have not checked about whether your company have a gender pay gap, yeah. the answer is you do. Hmm. You do. Check it. You're going to find that you do. 
Not because you're a bad person. Right. Um, necessarily. Not because you're a bad person, because you find men tend to negotiate um, harder when they come into a job. Yeah. Men tend to ask for raises more and therefore get them more. Mm -hmm. And so I ran businesses. I get it. Yeah. You know, hello, why are you going to give a, a, you know, give someone more if they didn't negotiate for more coming in the job? Not going to do it. I have a P&L. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. Um, so you're going to check and you're going to think, gosh, I am the least unbiased person I know. And you're going to find you have a gender pay gap. And then you should close it. Mm -hmm. even though you're immediately thinking, dear me, why would I want to give up that profitability? I'll tell you why. Because there's increasing transparency mm -hmm. out there right now mm -hmm. about what people make. You can go to sites like Get Raised. Um, you can go right. to sites like Comparably. Um, there's a site out there, Hired, hasn't come to our industry yet, but where you bid on, on people to hire mm -hmm. them. Transparency is coming big time. Yep. And this generation is more likely to talk to each other about these. So here's the zinger, which is that millennial women today are more likely to leave their jobs for more money than millennial men. Hmm. And so if you want to keep women, you, you need to them. close it hmm. uh, because you don't want them. You really don't want them finding out you've got it. Yeah. Um, and you really want to be fair, yes, yeah. but it's just a smart business thing to do that will pay off over time. Sally, thank you so much for sharing your insights today. And thank you for watching. Copyright 2016 CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.